Welcome to the Road to Nowhere podcast, your source for all things Marvel Champions. This week, we're recapping the Solo Champions League, a friendly league of players on Discord who compete in bi-weekly challenges and post their scores across the season. We'll be discussing the latest results, strategies, and highlights from the league, as well as giving our predictions for the upcoming matches. Whether you're a seasoned veteran or a newcomer to Marvel Champions, this podcast has something for everyone. So grab your favorite hero deck and join us for all the excitement of the Solo Champions League. Okay, that is amazing. Uh, I'm your host, Josaru. That was an intro written by ChatGPT, courtesy of Gondo, one of our oh. guest hosts, providing some, uh, providing the actual input. Wait, Gondo, hey. That was Greg, actually. I, oh, I that was Gondo. Oh, my mistake. No, oh, my okay. mistake. I thought it was. It's the AI. So, so the in, the input is 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 not really uh not really uh important. It's really the, you know the AI is going to rule us all someday. So it doesn't really matter who uh, who turned it on. Uh well, it, you know the uh, as as a person who teaches for a living, it's all going to become the like the cleverness in which you can create prompts and obfuscate prompts and all those things that is kind of the new game we all have to play you know we gotta gotta dance around what the ai can give and i, I don't want to step on gano's introduction but I, I i think i think the most amazing part of that intro that people may not have picked up on is it says like i i think the input was just like uh write an introduction to a podcast about uh, the solo champions league and i added like a paragraph a sentence of what it was but it says at the end grab your favorite hero deck and like i didn't say that I didn't say anything about hero decks in there. So I don't know where to scrub that or figure that out, or if other people have asked them for a Marvel Champions intro podcast. That would also be weird. But it was, it, I, I just, that was the eerie Twilight Zone element of this whole thing. I'll say I'm scared. That, that was the one that brought me pleasure. So, okay, well, let, let's loop back. Gondo, hello, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, playing some Marvel <laughs> Champions, gearing up for the holidays, and having a good time in general. And a big drive. Oh, yeah. Got to go home for the family. Got to go home for the family. And Greg, we've already heard heard your voice quite a bit in a, in a great way. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, also going to travel in a bit. But before that, I'm going to uh, play more and probably unintentionally spend a little money on Marvel Snap, which is uh -huh. another card addiction game going on. Uh, last time we were on the podcast together, I think we were all just starting. It just had launched. I'm curious of if you've kept up, uh, Joss, or uh, if you're kind of in the hunt like I am. Yes, I managed to get one of my primary board game buddies, who I also played a lot of Hearthstone with um, in days past, and uh, my teenage son, both both involved in in the game. So we're it's good it's good to have people to chat with. Like that's part of the fun, right? So um, and really looking forward to the kind of the head to head friend modes that are kind of actually just around the corner apparently so yeah i've definitely been playing um definitely uh good yeah hasn't been sticking with me i, I can't get into it i don't know what it is it's, it's not my cup of tea for some reason 
Yeah, it's it, because the games are so short, and and it's like Scratch is a very different itch than uh the Champions. It's it's sort of nice to have both in my life. But yeah, I don't have the same like I mean, you know, I I've I have adult kids with phones. Uh, you know, I I I should be able to uh to to sucker them into playing with me, but but I can't I can't do it. So I'm glad you got a family member at least involved, Joss. You know, I I'm I'm kind of a person who you know when I get involved in some of these games, I played Magic many moons ago as well you know i i really enjoy kind of understanding what the meta is and kind of like what counters to the meta are and like all those other pieces and just getting like having this big picture idea of what's going on i kind of really enjoy the process of of learning the game from that perspective and you know what kind of cards might be coming up and that sort of thing so and you know honestly i, I mean i kind of approach marvel champions somewhat in that way as well right that's why i really enjoy doing all these deck roundups and um, you know, even when I'm playing, just having a really good sense of what's still in the deck and what could be coming up and those sorts of things, right? So the it in in some ways it's it the, all those games are kind of playing into the same interests that I have, honestly. Yeah, yeah, totally. Scratch is all the same edge. Just got Hella. That's not big news. Yeah, Hella is it's changed my uh, it's changed my uh, game style a lot. So it's it, it, you get that card. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean it's definitely not like you said the you know the fact that the games are just a few minutes is definitely a huge different type of itch scratch but the um you know playing a few games before you go to bed and and all those kinds of things is kind of i know for some people that kind of gets them all 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 amped up but that's kind of like a bit of a relaxing way to send myself off to bed right yeah yeah i've actually been doing more reading recently which is somewhat unusual for me but that's how I'm occupying my uh, slowdown time. Fiction, nonfiction? Uh, fiction. High fantasy. Love it. Lots of, lots of made-up languages? Um, not in this one. Um, right. we're, I'm going through Malazan right now. It's a wild web of stories, but I'm finding it very interesting. I, I needed something big and epic after reading Wheel of Time several years ago. Uh, no, I wanted to jump on because I'm also reading uh, something uh, epic because an early Christmas present I got, keeping this in the Marvel family, was <laughs> my wife got me a Marvel Unlimited subscription, and I've been out yes. reading comics for a while, and I started, I had read the beginning of the Krakoa, like Dawn of X stuff, and I've gone back and basically starting at the beginning and rereading all that stuff so I can get caught up, and uh, oh my god, the, the, the Krakoa X-Men stuff is like the best X-Men comics in, in, in decades. It's it's so great. Right, well, and, and that's not stuff we're likely to see in the game for... No. Not in this cycle, anyway. Yeah, it's basically the X-Men... The mansion isn't has been abandoned. They all live on this island now. It's all the heroes and villains are, like, working together. It's all mutants against everyone else. It's it, it's real interesting. Like, the whole economy and everything they've set up around it is, is, uh, is super fun, and it just breathes a lot more life into the X-Men comics, and and uh, it makes them all hang together in, in a sort of a way that, that is also kind of unique. So big strong recommend if you want to read before bed and have a big, long, like like Gondo, like you, <laughs> a big epic storyline that's in the Marvel family. All, all the other yep. stuff is great. Well, I, I do. I, I decided to buy an annual uh, subscription for Marvel Unlimited. So it, it's always good to get directed to things. I mean, I've definitely dabbled in and out of that one, but not kind of just tried to do it whole hog. So that might be a good a good thing to engage with. Um, so I, I I did have another thing on my list here because I um, I just personally finished playing through the Mojo Pack with Storm and Wolverine. Um, so there's three villains and kind of a mini campaign in there, and I was just wanted to check in with you two. What's you know what's been going on with your outside of Solo Champions League, Marvel Champions stuff? 
Yeah, I've played through the Mojo Pack a couple times now, having a really good time. Um, I think the modulars are incredibly interesting, and I'm just throwing them into all my other games right now because I, I can't get enough of the fantasy modular, honestly. Uh, <laughs> it's such a good modular. Yes, fetch quests, um, benefits for doing the uh, the weakness of the enemy. It's it's great. And um, putting those in the games for my uh, expert matrix, I'm slowly, slowly getting through. Oh, have, have you actually talked about the your expert matrix on here? Why don't you share what that's all about? Oh, yeah, sure. I'm basically trying to beat every villain on expert with each aspect at least once. Mm-hmm. And um, as of right now, my spreadsheet says I'm 80.56% of the way through. So that's four-fifths, huge milestone. Um, I'm completely through every villain through Mysterio and scattered ones beyond that. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's just, I like using my whole collection and this makes me do that. So having a great time. The nice thing about the one that you chose to do is because some people try to do kind of like every villain, uh, sorry, every hero, every villain, which of course just is, uh, has a huge scaling problem because there's a, there's a, uh, basically it it gets too big to ever really be able to accomplish but yours is is constrained in a way that each villain is only kind of four new times yeah exactly it's linear scaling not exponential scaling it makes it manageable well it's interesting because god and i have compared spreadsheets before because i have a similar one that i need to get back to because i'm a little behind but mine was every hero winning once with every hero with every aspect and then also a separate track where I try to beat every every villain on on both you know standard and expert, but I don't you know like like yeah I don't make it exponential. I don't cross the two. There's sort of two separate challenges that I use to fill in gaps. Um, but but that is fun, like because it does push you to you know th- things like Valkyrie that you kind of walk away from quickly and, and realize no I could try to make you know how do you make Valkyrie work? How do you make Hulk work? And some of those those uh, heroes that aren't as obvious. Yeah, I have I have my own my own thing that's kind of like a randomizer based on uh, trying to prioritize heroes that I've played the fewest times and, and especially the aspects that I've played them the fewest times with. So um, I kind of engage in something slightly similar and something, something different too. So that's fun. We all kind of have our own way to, to make a game out of it all. Uh, and, and, and real quick on, on, on a, Sinister Motive, I'm sorry, um, Mutant Massacre. I, I'm woefully behind, but I just started uh, playing with Wolverine. I haven't touched Storm yet. But I did take Cyclops through uh, the whole uh, Mutant Massacre campaign with just, I just dumped every X-Men uh, ally into a Cyclops deck, and that is just super fun. Uh, Cyclops is, is, is a lot of fun to be able to put all those allies in across all the different aspects together. The Yeah, I've, I've only played a few games of Cyclops, actually. I've, I've been... Uh, I was a little overwhelmed with work this past term, so the, you know, actually just kind of being able to play play Mojo with some new heroes felt like a, a big victory for me. Um, yeah, Gondor, have you been playing all the X Men stuff? Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy Storm. She's probably my favorite of the X Men. Um, I don't know why. I just like global effects. I I'll play Storm with Mansion Attack against uh, what's the one from Hood Streets of Mayhem? Oh yeah. I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I find that kind of stuff fun. So Storm's great for me. <laughs> There's some real sentinels of the multiverse accounting that you're creating for yourself in that situation. Right? It's just like right. it's so it's so easy to forget about one of those plus ones or minus ones. It's like all right, now every character has plus one attack. I retaliate. <laughs> 
it just kind of turns the game on its head and that's a lot of fun oh yeah yeah no no and it's fun and i mean i think um you know it's it is definitely fun puzzles especially because because storm can do those things and there's lots of interesting timing things that you have to kind of sort through and you know how many times is she going to be able to switch the weather based on I forget what that zero cast card is, but all you know, all those little pieces of trying to do all the sequencing and figure out how you can actually make things happen. Greg, you want to give us a Grandmasters Arena update? What's been going on lately? Oh yeah, so um, so I think last time we talked, we were just kicking this off, but um, uh, Matthew Noodles and Astrodar and a bunch of folks on the Discord uh, have collaborated on sort of coming up with uh, uh, the. Uh, what we're calling an overused card list. It's similar to the sort of taboo list that Marvel, sorry, that uh, uh, Arkham Horror LCG has put out officially from from Fantasy Flight uh, of like, here are a bunch of cards that if you want an extra challenge, tend to get used a lot. So maybe try to, you know, deck build without them in it. So we did a similar thing for Solo Champions League. Uh, the deck, uh, uh, it, it basically was through a, a series of, of votes. We took top cards in the best card contest and we added some more nominees and we basically gave everyone an up and down vote should this be on the list or not we ended up and we it's it's published now in the grandmasters arena on discord uh, i think it is 29 cards um but but it depends what aspect you are obviously playing depending on how many cards you actually have to avoid uh there's nine cards in basic um, and there's there's a few cards. Uh, there's about eight or seven or eight in justice and leadership. So if you play justice or leadership, you have sort of a, a you know a wider group of cards to avoid. Uh, but protection and aggression uh, only had a few on there. So basically, it's it's meant to be an extra challenge that you take for fun. Uh, but uh, as I want to make very clear, this is not a official uh, Solo Champions League endorsed event or or mission. Uh, it doesn't affect your score at all, but we thought, you know, it could be something, uh, a fun extra challenge of like, you know, what's the best deck that, you know, adhered to uh, avoiding these cards uh, as we build out future future uh, rounds. And for those of us who, you know, the three of us have been doing some fun off-season challenges and things like that, it's kind of some extra fuel for for some of those things too, right? So like, thanks thanks for crowdsourcing uh, our, our future scenarios and, and deck building. Uh, yeah, no worries. It was it was fun to see the results. Some th- some things I thought were would be totally gimmies to be on the list uh, weren't necessarily. And then, uh, uh, you know, but you, you're you're very clear ones like uh, Nick Fury and Blade and Ironheart and Endurance uh, are all on the list. Uh, we had two which had sort of fun exceptions, which is the power of all of us, the sort of double resource for basic cards, is on the list. But the exception is if you play an all basic deck. That you're allowed because you know you yep. need resources and then the and then we have a weird very edge case one which is cosmo the basic ally is on the list only if there's a way to abuse cosmo basically yeah <laughs> so you know infinity gauntlet or something where there's a, a, a deck that has only one card type where cosmo basically never fails uh otherwise cosmo is fine so uh yeah but but the rest of them are just kind of straight uh you know try not to play these you know your make the calls your maria hills your turn the tides uh we're going to talk about one way or another today, but that's on the list for sure. Um, so yeah, it's 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 hopefully going to be a, a list a, a people you know use here and there. You know, certainly in the early rounds, especially. And skilled strike was not on the aggression list, right? It wasn't. That was one of the ones I thought that uh, would be yeah, yeah. No, a no brainer. It seems like it's in every aggression deck I play. Uh, but yeah, only Hulk, uh, Relentless Assault, and Angela uh, were were on the list. And Angela was sort of a, a latecomer, uh, but it made it. 
Well, in our, our current round that we're actually playing in Solo Champions League right now is playing Ghost Spider against Sinister Six, and um, and Skilled Strike is you know a, an obscenely awesome card with Ghost Spider. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't vote for that many aspect cards because generally my problem with cards is basic cards being stronger than aspect cards when they're yep. kind of like supposed to be a tier lower. Um, that's where a lot of my issues with balance come from personally. So I voted against a lot of aspect cards being on the list, but a couple <laughs> I had to concede, like make the call, Mernil, yeah, yeah, turn the tide being more efficient than skilled strike that you just mentioned <laughs> in the justice aspect instead of aggression. So. I had to concede a couple. Uh, I love it. And then, and what, um, Greg, what else is coming up for um... uh, the, the arena? Yeah, so we're just kicking off the uh, 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 best of 2022 votes. We're going to have a series of votes. <laughs> we're going to have uh, we're, we're best modular set, best uh, encounter set, um, best hero will be probably the, our, our version of best picture. It feels like that's the one people care about the most. So we'll probably do that one last. Uh, but we're just going to yeah, go through. And so we're starting with a very easy vote that when this podcast drops should still be open. It's going to be open through Monday, which is best of the two campaign boxes that came out. So it's a simple, like, between Sinister Motives and Mutant Massacre, which one did you think was better? Um, and early votes, Sinister Motives are way out of, way out of ahead. Um, but I'll see if uh, if the mutants start to catch up because uh, you know it's it, it's sort of odd that it's it's already like a six to one lead with the spider people. And is that is that literally six vote to one vote? Correct. Yes, it's early days. So, uh, so. I'm a mutant genesis vote. <laughs> yeah, mutant genesis. Greg, you're really jossing that one up. What do you mean jossing it up? Well, because I because I was calling uh, Mad Titan Shadow. Yeah, Mad Titan Shadow. Right, so is it mute? It's not mute. What did I say? <laughs> mutant massacre is mutant genesis. Ah, right. Not a lot of you know, and that was because of a of a of a chat we had earlier today, which is I think someone else uh, had, had misremembered it because the joke was not much massacre is going into music mutant massacre. It's because it's not mutant massacre. It's just starting. There's a lot of genesis happening though. There's a lot of beginnings. Yes, this will probably drop today which is sunday december 18th and so there's actually a little bit of chance to get in on voting for those campaign boxes i feel like i haven't quite interacted with mutant genesis enough to have like a really strong opinion of where i think it ranks against sinister motives yeah and this is going to have a, a experience bias for sure you know almost everyone probably has played sinister motives uh, at this point and you know uh you know it's in it's in uh the you know obviously the round uh that we're going to talk about for next week, the, the, or that you're going to talk about for next week, the Ghost Spider one. Um, so, so the experience is going to be a lot higher for that one. Um, although I do think there's there's reasons why people may like it better. The the heroes maybe, uh, you know, I, I think those heroes are really good in in Sinister Motives, and and I love the also reputation track of that too. So that could be reasons why people vote for that one. But you know, the mutants also those heroes are great. Uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of the the uh, encounters are, are super fun. I think the Magneto finale is quite great. So yeah, there, there's good stuff in it for sure. Beautiful. I don't know, uh, Gondo, do you have any strong opinions on this uh, this vote at this moment? Um, I, I think it's pretty close for me. Um, I did end up being the lone vote, vote so far at the time of recording for Mutant Genesis because yes. I, I, I felt like it was more solid all around. I really don't want to play Venom Goblin at all. <laughs> um <laughs> I dread having to finish him out in my matrix, but um, 
just just because of that, I felt like I kind of had to give the edge to Mutant Genesis because I'm happy playing all five scenarios. There's not one that sticks out as I don't want to do that to me. And right. I, and I do enjoy both Shadow Cat and Colossus. Not that I don't enjoy the heroes from Sinister Motives, but it, it was pretty close. Phantom Goblin tips it over to Mutant, Ge- Mutant Genesis. Sinister Motives, I think, is probably Boggs' last box um, that maybe he'll be fully credited for. Um, and then Caleb Grace was the one who did the Mutant Genesis box. And then we're seeing uh, with Mojo Mania, Scenario Pack, that was kind of the first thing that we saw Tony Fanchi's name being on for designing villains. Um, and it, it definitely felt a lot different than a lot of the other things. So it seems like Tony Fanchi's going to kind of explore a lot of, you know, alternate wind conditions and other things that are different from what we've seen too so that's that's fun we'll kind of get some much different takes than what we've seen so far um but yeah i don't know because they haven't i mean the the next box is must be on the verge of being announced right um and presumably if bog still has any um role in designing boxes because like he's left the company but you know he that they design way way into the future this this next box would probably be his last or the or the Sinister Motives one actually was. Got it, got it. Yeah, and you know, <clears throat> it's a mild spoiler alert for the comic book in, uh, in Genesis, but, but they, they, I think they, yes. uh, they they tease the, I won't say who it is, but they tease the next villain pretty clearly in that one. So uh, so I'm assuming it's it's another X-related book. Or X-related campaign. Yes, they, they tease it pretty darn strongly. Um, or maybe, maybe overtly. Um, <laughs> right. Cool. Okay. So let well let's check in our on our actual season thirteen round one. What did we all get up to? Well, so first of all, you know, I did a preview with Insmith Bear talking about how this season the theme is team building. So we're kind of really gonna be expecting to see a strong theme of team building in, in each of the rounds. And so this first round was actually Claw with Ransacked Armory on standard because we're we're playing standard in in round one um we're no longer having kind of standard or standard to be the choice it's just we're just playing standard the heroes were iron man Ironheart, captain marvel ms marvel and nova which is kind of this idea of we've got some uh either you can think of them as mentor mentees or people that kind of the young heroes really look up to and then nova just kind of fits in because he's a newer champion that's in the pile right that's is that the the correct take on how those heroes all fit together yeah i think so right it's like it's champions and and avengers but it is it is that link between you know directly between who the sort of you know mentors are to the very different uh, more junior folks so and yeah, nova just comes along because he's part of the champions uh pool I don't know much Nova lore, but maybe he's inspired by Captain Marvel a little bit. Um, I'm not entirely sure. Someone can correct me. Right. Well, like like Nova Core, he's he's pretty Nova Core looking, right? So that's you know Captain Marvel's coming from that as well. Um, and then Justice was the was the aspect. So um, let's let's go through and kind of just have a quick look at some of these various components to see you know how it shaped everybody's experience this round. So Greg, you're going to give us a little a rundown of some of the things we that are relevant to know about Claw. Yeah, yeah. Here, here are the sort of like highlights of of what we think was interesting about Claw this time. You know, I think the the biggest defining thing about Claw is that he has a zero attack. Uh, but makes up for it by having uh, two boost cards when he attacks instead of one. 
Um, and so what ends up happening is you get these really swingy attack turns. Um, I, I, was, I was counting up the boost icons you could get, and it could be anywhere from zero to seven uh, in any single <laughs> attack. So you have these turns where um, either you don't have a chump block and you can get a devastating hit, um, or you do have a chump block and it's such a light hit that the 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 actual chump doesn't doesn't die. <laughs> you know, your 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 ally sticks around because he only got you know zero or one damage uh, in the block. Um, so so it is a uh, it, it does add that sort of uh, you know less less tight of a boost effect. It, it it's much much wider of a bell curve there. Um, but I, you know, Claw itself, in terms of how much uh, you know health he has, he has only twelve health in the first stage and eighteen in the second, so thirty total. If you have a hero that does a lot of really you know strong damage, your you know your Captain Marvels, uh, for example, um, you could try a rush strategy with with Claw, right? Because it's it's uh, it's really easy to to burn through that health a lot quicker. Um, but obviously, you have to time it correctly too, because there's some. Uh, you know he gets a he gets a side scheme uh, when he goes to the second phase, which adds you know ten health to him that you know go back goes back down once you once you clear it. That's the immortal claw uh, side scheme there. Um, but the uh, the the other thing about this, and this is sort of tying into some of the strategies people had with Justice, is he only has three side schemes, and I believe uh, also uh, ransacked armory didn't have any side schemes uh, at all, right? So so we only really had three, That's correct, three yeah. side schemes, right? In the entire the entire mm -hmm. uh, counter but one of them can't comes out at the beginning um which i believe is a defense network so basically um uh this is getting into the the one way or another uh discussion but but you know a lot of people in justice play one way or another um which you know fishes out a side scheme and lets you uh you know draw three cards as a result um, but basically, when the game starts, you really only have two options because one of those side schemes is already out, and you can't fish from the discard pile. You can only fish from the main encounter deck. Um, so your choices are Immortal Claw, which isn't too bad because it's it's basically a acceleration icon, gives Claw ten hit points that that go away when you when you clear it, and it's only three threat. Um, or you can do Illegal Arms Factory, which is essentially four threat in solo, but also hazard icon which which is obviously really tough to deal with if you don't if you can't clear that so <clears throat> one way or another was a was a card that didn't necessarily uh get played by everyone um or or, or usually people didn't go in as strongly i think as normally because of the, the limited options but but again for elite for the immortal claw i thought that was like one legit option you could you could try to leverage that card for I'll take a quick break. Did you? Did you all? Yeah. How did you approach that? Well, I think that I mean the tr the trickiness of of that as well is you know kind of how many one way or another's do you do you put in so you can make sure you get out ahead of that thing showing up in the encounter deck, and and all those other pieces, right? So that's um, that's how I was weighing it. I don't know, Gondo, what were what was your take on it? Yeah, it's it's kind of a risk perspective because claw trues through your encounter cards a little bit faster with the double boost mm -hmm. icons so you weigh your risk of drawing one early and getting a good resource advantage versus missing it in a boost and then you have it and all those one way or another is you included our dead drops until you cycle all the way through which you probably don't want to do if you're trying to go fast so you have to weigh the risk of that build your deck appropriately yeah, well, there's also the degree to which it's really a resource advantage, right? Because, you know, one way or another still is one effective resource, so you're getting two net cards out of it. 
Um, and, and most people don't have a way to deal with a three threat scheme for two net cards in that reasonable of a way. So it's more, if you're trying to push through your deck, maybe that that's reasonable, but in terms of actual advantage, um, not always quite as much unless you're, unless you're happy to let that thing stay, stay around for a turn or two while you're getting other things onto the board and really taking advantage of that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so I I personally ended up putting one copy in with the idea that if I just happen to get lucky in the right time, I'd use it. But but I wasn't then dealing with three you know dead cards in my hand if if, if the timing didn't work out. Uh, so I, I you know I figured one slot was was worth doing. I think for the 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 heroes like Ms. Marvel and 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 Iron Man that we'll talk about in a bit that that really do have to either flip a lot or or you know fish for stuff to make their their sort of kit effective. Um, it potentially could work again if it's in that kind of like turn two, turn three, you know, when, when, uh, the immortal claw hasn't come out yet and, and you still need a few more cards to kind of get Iron Man set up. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, it probably doesn't have as much play as normal. Well, Ironheart has that, that sort of thing as well. Cause you're, you're trying to fish for the things that help you build your suit faster. Um, like her, her resource cards and stuff like that. So that, you know, there, again, there's, there's something to be said for just kind of cycling cards, even if it doesn't mean actual net card advantage. I think that's yeah. yeah. I mean, worth considering. Um, I, I we'll we'll talk uh, about I guess choices that we 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 actually ended up making a, a bit later. So, what else do you have for clock, Greg? Sorry for really getting in there. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing I I know was really dictated how I designed the deck I used, which was the fact the main scheme only has six threat on it. And Claw has two scheme even at his first uh, form, so basically it's it's really dangerous to be flipped down. You you literally could start with a with a clean board, and then between the you know acceleration icon that happens every turn and Claw's two scheme, you're already halfway fulled with that. And um, one you know two of the boost icon, icons have three three uh, icons on it already. So literally, even if you don't get an advance. Or any any other you know card that that inspires a scheme if you flip down, a claw could could flip that main scheme just on a normal turn. Um, so uh, and and as folks may know in the solo champions league, uh, going to the second main scheme uh, is really damaging to your to your score. Uh, you know you want to keep sort of you know a clean win as much as possible, but part of that is by staying on the first main scheme as much as you can so my entire sort of strategy was how can i avoid <laughs> flipping to the second main scheme um yep. and that's really hard if you're ms marvel or iron man or or, or potentially Ironheart or you know some some of those heroes that, that that actually get a lot of use out of flipping and, and and being in that sort of you know scheme side so so that that is some strategy stuff that i think will definitely come in when we look at the decks and as you point out some of those those heroes are even more susceptible to it because they do want to flip. So they, I mean, everybody's susceptible to getting nailed by what you said. You know, you can you can hit six threatening in a turn without having actually done anything wrong, um, or made any stupid decisions. But the you know these other heroes that actually actively want to flip for for various reasons, it's even harder. Um, and some highlights of the uh, encounter cards that are in Claw. Um, so, uh, he has a ton of armored guards. Uh, these are, these are minions that have tough and guard on them. So, you know, it takes a bit to clear them. They're not too tough to clear. 
Um, but there's three of them in Claw's set, and then I think there's even a few more in Ransacked Armory that Gondo's going to talk about. So it's some terms are just ridiculous. Like it seems like armored cards come out every every single time you flip an encounter card. Um, so you have to get rid of those. Um, he also has Sonic Boom, which was also uh, one of the things I, I was not a fan of, which basically exhausts all your characters uh, unless you pay one of each kind of resource. So sometimes you can't even have the right number of resources to do that. You, know, you need one of each type, not just three resources. Um, and, uh, it, and so th that, that was a, an encounter card I was not a fan of. Um, and then Solid State Body uh, was gave him uh, one Retaliate, and that also needed one resource of each type <laughs> to clear. So yeah. when he got Retaliate on, again, that also uh, you know kept chipping away either at your uh, at your uh, your health or your ally's health. Um, and then the the last uh, uh, encounter card that was a little tricky to deal with was uh, Claw's Vengeance, um, which I uh, yeah it basically um, it was an extra attack. And um, if you dealt damage, it placed one more uh, uh, threat on the main scheme. Um, but it was just the idea that you're just getting a lot more attack cards in there than normal. Obviously, all the ones that are part of the standard uh, standard sets, but it just added added two more of those. So uh, yeah, the, overall the claw set is is kind of like in that medium difficulty. It's not it's not super easy, but it's not one of the hardest ones. Um, but occasionally, those are the sort of more annoying cards that came up in his kit. And there's definitely a lot of things there that can slow you down. And sometimes because of that, it can feel a little bit high variance based on yeah. whether or not you get a second attack, and that second attack actually has to hit your hero because you already defended, and then it blasts you for seven, like you said. So sometimes <laughs> it could it could be a little high variance. Right. Yeah. The first attack is like two, and it takes out your uh, your ally uh, that you block with, and then, and then yeah, you you get hit for seven for the second. That's not fair. Well, I mean, that's that's how randomness should work, right? You should when right. when you when you don't care how big it is, it goes low, and then when you do care, it goes high. <laughs> right. Um, so, Gondo, you wanted to tell us about Ransacked Armory, the the main modular. Yeah, um, this is the modular where you might recognize the minions from. Um, they're conveniently in Claws Encounter set as well. They're armored guards. They have three HP, zero one. They're tough and guard. And the other five cards are attachments that buff these minions. They'll give you HP and attack and overkill, or retaliate, or a lot of extra attack, and they do no indirect damage, or a jetpack, which makes them take less damage. So depending on how your luck ends up, you can have a pretty beefy minion to obstruct tangible progress. But the good thing is, unlike some of the newer cards from Mutant Genesis where they go find a minion, these cards search if there's no minion to attach to. So if you just keep it clear of minions, you should do okay with not having a huge obstacle in your path. You know, other than the jetpack, most of those are pretty... I, I usually kind of value um, having to deal with an encounter card at two effective resources in terms of kind of what the typical impact of it is going to be. You know, like that's how much a blocker costs kind of thing. Um, and and most of these are pretty decent value from that perspective, right? That you've, you know, it chews up an encounter card, puts it on a minion that you were already planning to defeat anyway. Um, is how I often thought it. The only one was Jetpack, which you really, because there's, there's some randomness in terms of <laughs> if the damage that you're going to try to do actually hits, um, that that you have to kind of overdo that damage to actually make sure that the, the minion goes down. 
Yeah, another one that was tough for me, at least, was the uh, one that gives four hit points and retaliate two if you're playing oh, yeah. a hero or a deck, which does many instances of little damage. This can really mess up your day. Um, but some of the other ones aren't so bad. It's just a little bit more hit points, like you said. But getting a lot of retaliate or getting some big boosts reducing your damage can slow you down a lot. Or you'll have to figure out creative ways to deal with those there you go it's oh no one ever minds nick fury taking taking one retaliate damage but two that stinks right right and there's so many armored guards that you're kind of incentivized having a little 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 bits of damage to get all this toughs broken out so yeah you really have to figure that balance yeah that hollow shield generator the retaliate too was yeah i hated that yeah that's probably at least three attacks for most heroes to get rid of that minion you have to figure out where six damage goes or i guess four because the third one would kill it Right, and, and one claw card I didn't talk about, but it is the uh, weapons runner, which is such a weenie card. It's yeah. basically just a two health card, but the trouble is it it surges, so basically it's like a free minion for 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 them. And again, it, that's easy to clear for most people, but if it gets one of these attachments, now it's not easy to, to clear. So yeah, Gondo, you're totally right. It's like you have to really keep those minions like at bay, otherwise uh, they get these gnarly attachments. I think the armored guards probably lead well into talking about the heroes because I think you know they have kind of different. Um, different skill sets in terms of being able to actually deal with those, right? So our, our heroes, again, were Iron Man, Ironheart, Captain Marvel, Ms. Marvel, and Nova. Um, and three of them are champions. Two of them are new heroes to solo Champions League. So specifically, we have Nova and we have Ironheart that came out. Um, was that actually the first uh, of when they switched over to the paired model of having kind of two heroes come out every two months? Was that the first pair? I think I got Vision and Valkyrie at the same time. Okay, but was that might not that might have been supply chain and not like the official? Yeah, that's a good model. point. Right, right. No, I was thinking. I think I got Vision and Valkyrie separately. I, I kind of remember them coming right. at different times, but since then, yeah, I think it's been in pairs. Right, because like was Cyclops and Phoenix, and then Storm and Wolverine, and and yeah, you may be right. Um, Spider Ham and 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 Spider. Um, anyway, so the this is our first chance to get to play some of these heroes I, I was actually surprised you know we'll, we'll, when we see the numbers um you know they weren't the new heroes weren't maybe picked as as much as i was expecting overall um just in terms of you know when, when there's new heroes i usually kind of feel like everybody's like oh great i get an excuse to play this but so we got these were the first time in the league and you know again i was thinking about dealing with these very tedious armored guards and kind of what different things everybody has to deal with it right so iron man has his repulsors which is a very easy way to just kind of do one damage and, and ping off a tough. Um, Ironheart, kind of once you're actually at stage three, she can kind of deal with them efficiently, but maybe not especially before that. Captain Marvel is not great at small amounts of damage. Um, Ms. Marvel also, like, you kind of don't want to use her, her basic act- activation to, to ping off the tough, because you actually would way rather do that to retrieve an event card. And then Nova... Um, He's probably also one of the ones that's pretty good at it because he gets a lot of free readies, so he doesn't mind kind of using a basic activation to just ping off a tough. I don't know. Did I miss anything in that? Yeah, I can just speak to Nova as I played him, but yeah, the oh, one yeah. Atta- the one attack plus like a pot shot is a super easy way to deal with these armored guards. I felt like as long as they weren't buffed up by some attachment, they weren't really that much of a nuisance on Nova anyway. Mm-hmm. I didn't play any of the other characters though, but 
your summation seems about correct. Greg? I mean, it's interesting. I mean, it, 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 like, it looks like around two-thirds of people picked either Ironheart or Nova, and then the rest on the, on the, other, the other three. And, and part of that could be, could be Alliance lock, locking out, because that actually happened to me. Uh, Ironheart and Nova were, were picked by, two, by my two Alliance mates. So I was left with, you know, Captain Marvel, which is probably a very easy to pilot and, you know, one of, one of the strongest heroes. So probably, you know, very easy win. Or the, you know, sort of two challenging, um, you know, build-style build characters that, you know, that are really great yeah. once you've built up, but it, it, you have to flip a lot and you have to make sure, you know, you're building out the kit in order for the heroes to be effective. So, um, so Ironheart and, and Nova obviously are sort of both seen as, I think, pretty powerful heroes, which is probably, and they're new, so it's probably why they were they were played a lot. Yeah, well, and it, I mean, the, it's interesting with Nova, for example, where like has unleashed the Nova Force thing, where you get where you can get the extra cards. You do again something that has tough, that's a little bit more tedious to get rid of. Kind of is a thing that can kind of slow down how much you're able to accomplish with that. But, you know, as, as Gondo pointed out, you, it is, you can kind of get that ping and then a pot shot and stuff like that. So it's, it's probably not usually too bad, but um, I'm sure it might've felt tedious occasionally, at least. Yeah, if they keep showing up, it's like, man, I'd actually like to hit claw for once, but <laughs> <laughs> they were never really dangerous. Let's hear about our respective rounds. So, so Gondo, you kind of already started talking about it. Let's, let's hear how your round went. Yeah, so usually um, in a claw round, I'm good for one main stage, main scheme stage two win, but that didn't happen this time. I'm quite pleased with that. I got a perfect score line in, I think, eight average rounds. Um, I did Web Warrior Nova, and um, in round ones, I'm very subject to whimsy. My first test, I put together a normal Justice deck, and it was like 12 rounds, and I was annoyed because... I was killing expert Thanos in nine rounds with Nebula. I said, why can't I kill standard claw faster than that? <laughs> then I was like, well, I was Web Warriors on Nebula, so why don't I just make Web Warrior Nova? And then it was faster. Um, it's actually pretty cool, though, because with Web Warriors, there's some wild resources in there with Across the Spider-Verse, Ghost Spider, and the wild resources are great to fuel Nova's events, giving them bonuses or making them cheaper. You can have Spider-Man Auto Octavius to ready his helmet, which gives you another wild resource. Justice has two web warriors that are not trait locked to get you into all the other web warrior cards that require web warrior, other web warrior cards like Ghost Spider, SPDR, and others. So I, I actually thought it was pretty cool um, to see those kind of synergies that I didn't exactly expect. And I had fun with it, you know. Um, I didn't do the best, but uh, I had I had whimsy, and it was a lot of fun. I, I do I do love that you do that. Now I'm curious. So I I have not tried to engage too much with kind of the completely non spider character web warrior stuff. How how fragile are you finding that in terms of being able to get kind of some of that stuff actually going? Um, in this, I believe I had three. I think four. Cards that didn't require the Web Warrior trait, so it was usually pretty easy to find one pretty quick. Um, then once you get down Web of Life and Destiny, that's pretty much permanent. So it goes pretty well from there. I'd say it, I was into Web Warriors no later than turn two every game. Oh, pretty okay. Quick. Well, that's 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 pretty easy. And I mean, <laughs> Nova Nova does have a little bit more card draw than your their average hero because his resource card um, doesn't count toward hand size so although he's a hand size of five um 
it it can kind of turn into six or even right in the first turn of the game you sometimes end up with extra cards yeah so i think two games it was turn one and this the third game was turn two not necessarily in that order but it's with four cards and mulliganing heavily for it it's not a hard thing to find very fast right not very fragile nope very cool greg what about you um, yeah, so I, uh, like I said, kind of, uh, you know, in, in the in the classic dibs system of alliances, uh, <laughs> um, it's about there, and T. Everly uh, grabbed Ironheart and Nova, and which is all good. Um, so um, <clears throat> I was left over with either, yeah, Captain Marvel, which I felt like I've played a bunch, and I like her a lot, but uh, but figure this is an easy round. I should try to challenge myself, and um, and actually, I think that that does. I mean, it's interesting because this is the this is the I think the only podcast, past and future, in which I'm going to be featured as one of the top three <laughs> decks for a hero. <laughs> because there wasn't a lot of competition for Iron Man, that's who I ended up playing with. Um, but but but, um, but I also think that that um, it is actually not a bad way, especially in the early rounds, to to kind of you know add to your overall season score. Because uh, you know, I think you get you get a XP a boost if you pick you know either a hero that doesn't have a good win rate or uh, or one that isn't picked as much. I'm not not exactly sure how how the calculations work, um, but, but that was both the case for Ms. Marvel and Iron Man. And it's funny because we had longer for this round. It was over the Thanksgiving holiday, so we had three weeks. And so when I was on uh, was when I was with my family on Thanksgiving, I, I played a lot of Ms. Marvel on Octagon and. Every single time the main scheme flipped <laughs> to, to the second scheme, and I said, "Okay, yeah. this is going to be a bad, a bad uh, use of my score." And I figured Iron Man was doable because you didn't need once you got the kit built up, you could stay in hero pretty much. You didn't have to flip as much as Ms. Marvel wanted to. Um, so what I ended up doing was basically designing a deck that was just really focused on keeping that scheme from flipping. So I had copies of Counterintelligence and uh, the Surveillance Van uh, under Surveillance. And then some confuses with uh, the Professor X basic ally card and Sonic Rifle. And honestly, I probably didn't exploit Sonic Rifle nearly as much because um, it is a tech upgrade. And, not, and, and for those folks who don't know about Iron Man, is that you start with only a, a hand size of one in hero mode. Yeah. But you get plus one for every tech upgrade you've built. So it's mostly his armor. You want to build his armor cards as much as possible. Um, but but what, I, what I realized, sort of, was that... Uh, the sonic rifle which is a confuse you know it gives you two confuses which is really handy in this scenario um is also a tech upgrade uh and i i i knew that when it came time to playing the the stark tower card which allows you to fish for a tech upgrade but i didn't realize that actually added one to my hand size <laughs> so so i only had uh... one of those copies in my deck and I, I i i used it when i needed the confuses but i was totally just again i always get a rule wrong or two uh, and this one was not in my favor. Basically, like, yeah, whenever I had it out, I didn't, I didn't think of it as I was, I was so focused on getting my armor out, I didn't think that that card actually w- was also something I could have counted. So, so uh, yeah, in the future, uh, d- don't look, don't look a, a, away from the tech upgrades that that aren't part of his basic kit. Um, but yeah, from then I just basically used just lots of chump blockers. That once I got the, all, basically once I got his armor in place, I just tried to stay in hero mode and, and finish finish this as, as quick as I could because obviously flipping was was really was really tricky. If for some reason I had a confuse in place and I had uh, you know counterintelligence down or a lot of protection down, maybe once in a while I was able to flip uh, just to kind of you know really get a lot of cards and try to try to finish it. Uh, but but most of the time once I got everything down, I kind of stayed that way till to the end of the round or the end of the the, the game. 
Well, you know, it's it's interesting. You know, I think I think the people who at least that shared their decks in terms of who are playing with Iron Man, they all kind of took a very similar approach to what you did, right? Try to, which is, I mean, in a way, that's kind of the basic Iron Man approach, right? Try not to flip uh, if you can right away, so that you can actually get because he gets he gets the extra card draw as part of his alter ego action. So right. take advantage of that extra card draw, get some of your extra stuff out, um, and then and then flip and go. And then once he's got his suit built, he's just kind of, you know, unstoppable. He's one of the most powerful heroes in the game at that point. It's interesting um, that, you know, there's a few things that I felt were, at least the last time we played Iron Man in the league, um, we saw, you know, lots of plasma pistols. I think that's the the weapon that um, it's first of all got an energy resource and it's... Um, it's also a attack upgrade, right? So that's yeah, it's that's kind of right. another it's another way to get to Iron Man's hand size, maybe not his suit built up, but it's another way to get up to his hand size. And then I think the last time I actually played Emergency even to have just and it, it might have just been because of the way that the um the scenario was tuned where just kind of that one extra threat not not hitting it was probably gonna matter. But it also uh, emergency is the one that when the villain schemes reduce the amount of threat placed on the scheme by one and it's an energy resource which works well with iron man and so i you know i didn't see we'll, we'll look at these decks in more carefully but i actually didn't see any of these plasma pistols or emergency from any of you top three superstars interesting yeah i mean obviously i was i was just you know blind to that one <laughs> that one interaction but uh, <laughs> but but yeah the 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 one thing i i, I would want to call out and again this is maybe more early round strategy than than not and we're sort of you know almost past round two now but the 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 trade-off of of maybe going slower with a harder hero i think in the long run gets you a better score than trying to go faster with a better hero um because of that sort of xp boost you get when you are you know playing the more difficult option and so that was the calculation i i, I gambled on this time and it, it seemed to work out you know i was kind of looking at where the scores are falling before um, cause I tend to not, I, I I'm a, I'm a, a scaredy cat when it comes to losing. So I, I, I sort of like the very cautious longer plays that, that tend to be, again, a little higher win rates, but you know, really kill your round total. Um, but, but th in this round, I figured that was a good, that was a good trade-off. I know, and, you know, and sometimes rushing is the right way to go, but, but I tend to be a slow player. So Iron Man seemed to fit that pretty well. Um, you know, as long as you sort of had those, those tools to mitigate that, that scheme popping. Well, I, I can definitely say that within our alliance as the kind of the um what is it is it is this one civil war which is what what is the alliance battle called secret wars secret wars um oh right because it could be heroes versus heroes so the in the secret wars now like my my alliance mates are taking exactly what you're saying greg quite a bit more seriously of like who can i pick to increase my score by being successful as opposed to just like what's the best hero period kind of thing so that conversation is definitely happening within my alliance greg i don't know is it happening in your alliance uh not not as much i think we we just want to uh i th th just think we all want to get you know three wins and as clean as possible but we're not uh you know we're uh we're, we're, we're a mid-tier uh alliance <laughs> let's say and and, and we're we're uh, we actually did decent last season but uh you know we're no we're no gamora gamorans you know the, the you guys are really uh <laughs> yeah, yeah, your tryhardness is not quite as quite as strong as ours. I don't know, Gondo. What about your your alliance? Uh, we're pretty casual about it. We kind of have the the typical aspects we go for, and yeah. and here rounds it's just like, yeah, I'd, I'd like to play Nova, 
or I haven't played Ironheart or Nova, so maybe I shouldn't do that for the first time in Solo Champions League, but it's pretty casual. We're not gaming the XP charts per se. <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually pretty fun. You know, like I just I really enjoy all the conversations that we have in our alliance. So that that's been a kind of a fun extra wrinkle to add on top of everything else. But you know, like you say, we do you do kind of get to know what everybody's tastes are and you can almost assume what everybody's going to want to pick when when the heroes or aspects get released, right? Yeah. Like, oh look, Gondo's going protection again. Who saw that coming? <laughs> I think this will be my strategy for turns one and two here on out, which is like try to yeah. make it harder on yourself. Try to get a little more points in these early rounds. The, the one thing I will say that I think Innsmouth Bear said when you talked to him, Joss, on the podcast, uh, but he reiterated it uh, to me, which is that round three is going to be essentially like a very hard combo of <laughs> of, of villain and scenario. Um, but just in standard, you know, so yeah. I think our, our round threes being kind like moderately difficult uh, is maybe maybe not going to happen uh, when, when the next one's announced, because it sounds like it's going to be, you know, one of those really gnarly villains just just, you know, in standard, not an, an expert. I love this. I love this. I love I love because there's, you know, we're seeing a lot of people feeling frustrated with not only we're going up against the hard villains on expert and everything else. And it's, but it's kind of happening where it's also getting stockpiled with um, what's the, what's the MODOK um, modular. Oh yeah. Do, doomsday, uh, doomsday chair. chair. Right. You know, doomsday chair on top of that and all those other things. And on expert that cause just, you know, maybe it's a little bit insurmountable for a lot of people. Other people, you know, love trying to rise to the occasion and other people are just like, this is kind of a drag, but in standard, those challenges probably feel a little more fun and interesting in a way to explore a little bit of the content in a way that you 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 might not quite as much. So I'm I'm definitely excited about this this shift of uh, round three is the new round five. Um, okay, so I I played Captain Marvel, who is actually one of my most played heroes, um, in part because in um, in the Scheme League, which is like a two two player or two handed. The uh, league that runs now and again uh, from Banana Crapshoot, um, Captain Marvel has tended to be a little undervalued in that league, and so I've managed to pick her <laughs> at pretty sweet times in terms of when when I can get her in my hero picks, and you know she's very very powerful. So I've definitely played just a crap ton of um, of two handed with with Captain Marvel. Um, so I, I just went with a fairly standard kind of clear the area, turn the tide shell and as you know we've already hear, heard kind of trying to protect that main scheme because it is really easy for it to advance despite all that i actually did find you know i had counterintelligence and under surveillance and um such things but despite that i actually almost got schemed out um in my second game i think i had two threat on there i don't remember how I was silly enough to manage to have that happen. And then an advance came out and I just very fortunately did not draw two or three boost icon one. And then I got really slowed down in my third game by um, Shadows of the Past coming out. But overall it was like pretty, pretty straightforward. Nothing to, you know, I, I guess one of the new things this season is that we have this rated difficulty that we're giving to to the rounds, how they how they felt to us. And and so one is kind of there's no zero, so one is kind of the most trivial, right? And ten is kind of the most impossible feeling. And so, you know, my because of that scare that I had in in 
in game two, I actually gave that one a three because even though it, in practice it didn't actually play out, it definitely felt scary in that moment. So it felt like a hard game. And then Shadows of the Past slowing me down a bunch. I think I rated that game a two maybe um, in terms of just feeling like, oh, you know, like that definitely, I felt an impact of the encounter deck and I wasn't just playing against Risky Business or something like that. I don't know. Um, Gondo, did you, how did you interact with those ratings? I gave all the rounds one, honestly, because I, yeah. I thought this was a pretty, easy scenario i never felt in that much in like any danger at all it's just grinding through the minions to get to the end um I, I felt like my web warrior deck was super safe yeah um i also had under surveillance so i could go all the way to 10 thread on the main scheme it, it was a matter of when rather than if for me at least the way i was approaching it yeah, Greg. Uh, but it's fine. I, 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 uh, I think I was like in twos and threes, and it did depend on whether I got Shadows of the Past. You know, I would, I would have it a little higher if, if, if those cards came out. So, uh, I think I was not ones just because of my, my Ms. Marvel experience of always <laughs> letting that that first main scheme uh, flip in, the, in practice games. So, um, you know, it, it's not crossbows <laughs> or whatever, whatever the easiest ones are uh, early on. So, um, so yeah, I, um. Yeah, I think I was between two and three, but I I do like the the ability to 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 knock it up or down if you just get like either really lucky or really unlucky on your sort of encounter card draws. It's also how much you want to interpret that as you know how worried were you about losing versus having things that adversely affected your score, right? I think That's those fair. are those are different. I think those are different interpretations, and I I don't know kind of exactly where Insmith Bears intention was from that perspective yeah i i'm a little unclear myself and it'll be interesting to see how the, this either impacts the scores or, or doesn't later on um to see yeah. Yeah, how much variance people gave it like you know one one player how much variance they gave it within the three games versus you know uh b- between player to player versus round around there's going to be some interesting stuff to see there because yeah it's really open interpretation i think i i interpreted it more as yeah just basically did was this game harder you know because of either what you drew or what the the deck gave you i mean additionally this is kind of another tool that he has to obfuscate his like secret formulas that get used for calculating things because now you can compare two people that basically get identical things and they might not actually even have rated the round the same and so their 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 scores won't be the same even though they everything else in practice is the same so you you have this kind of additional layer of obfuscation that's sitting on top of the scores <laughs> there maybe it helps spin like encounters so like oh people actually thought claw was really easy maybe he should be in i think there were three groups group one right um or i i thought this was a group three villain but everyone seemed to have a pretty okay time with it maybe it's actually a group two villain yeah something like that it could help maybe iron out any misalignments in that system. Right, certainly think about the edge cases and pushing them up or down and things like that, right? Yeah. Okay, well, let's have a quick look at the actual results for for this round. So as as Greg already spoke to, we saw kind of Ironheart and Nova each made up roughly 30% of um, the, the total choices. Captain Marvel was third with 17%. Then Iron Man at 12 and Ms. Marvel at 11. So kind of the new heroes were, you know, they were quite popular. And so like like uh, Greg, you observed, maybe the people not choosing them was a little bit more constraints of uh, other people in 
in people's alliances already picking them or stuff like that. But I, you know, for some reason, I just kind of expected it to look like almost all Ironheart and Nova and just a few little piddly other people, but not exactly. We had roughly a third of the people have the main scheme go to stage two. That's kind of amazing because I, I usually feel like in a claw run, I'm usually good for one yeah. stage two game. And it's pretty much two to one. Fully agreed. So the top performing hero, uh, and again, just you know, a reminder for folks that um, maybe aren't as familiar, there's there's a whole bunch of things that kind of go into this thing that's called approval rating. There's how fast it is, how much you know threat is left on the on the board, and and how much hero health there is, and things like that. And there's also kind of this additional bump up or down based on previous and this round's performance of that hero compared to to other heroes so um the the approval rating and the win rate don't necessarily match up all that well all the time so captain marvel for example had the third highest approval rating of 89 but had the highest win rate of 99 percent ironheart was the top performing hero from approval rating standpoint at 100.4 which is a very high approval rating for because this is averaged out across everybody who chose it and we had you know almost a third of the people chose Ironheart and her win rate was 97% and Nova was kind of right behind that with also 97% win rate and a 97.2% approval rating and then uh Iron Man was kind of similar to Captain Marvel, but a little bit behind her. And then finally, in the rear, kind of a, just a bad matchup for Ms. Marvel at 81% win rate and 70.2% approval rating. Not a lot of people chose her, as we as we noted, with a you know 11%. It's it's funny because I'm one of the people who really adores the Ms. Marvel hero, and it feels like it's been ages since we've seen a round that was very good to her. Yeah, I was kind of surprised by the gap between win rates because I thought Miss Marvel would kind of like Justice a lot. She's really strong in Justice, but maybe yeah. just the uh, scheming and alter ego is a little bit too much. But I was kind of surprised. Yeah, and it, it, it's interesting if you sort of look at the the you know the win rates that that everything is 95, 94 or higher except eighty one for Ms. Marvel, which means that if you sort of look at the share of losses, the Ms. Marvel is way the majority of all the losses that happened there. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, she had that liability that that it, probably most of those were yeah scheme because her scheme score was sixty, which is a lot lower than everyone everyone else was in the eighties. Um, so it, it felt like if if you lost from scheming out, you're probably playing Ms. Marvel. Oh yeah, that's yeah. It would be interesting to see to the degree to which those were health versus um, schemed out losses. So I mean, if we start looking at some of these decks uh, and and just starting, we kind of could just go through the heroes in the order of their performance. We had uh, for Ironheart, we had uh, Logan as first place, the Rick as second, and Rebel Trader as the third. And uh, I usually reach out to the community and try to collect some decks. So we got a deck from the Rick for Ironheart, you know, which focused extremely heavily on mental resources. There's only seven of the cards, including um, the Ironheart hero cards that weren't mental or wild. And this included things like first aid and meditation showing up in the deck. Um, and something that I, I quite liked was uh, just kind of a one of of Monica Chang and surveillance, even though there wasn't a bunch of other shield cards. So that, and Monica Chang and surveillance both have mental resources on their cards. So that's, that kind of makes a lot of sense. And actually, you know, in hindsight, when I actually, after seeing that and thinking about the the net impact on the board that Monica Chang and Surveillance has, it's actually reasonable value for a three-cost card. Um, and then 
Rebel Trader got third, as mentioned, and this was kind of a you know clear the area multitasking one way or another, but no turn the tide. So maybe respecting partially respecting the uh, the overused card list from from Rebel Trader. Um, well, clear the area is on that list. Don't 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 be fooled. <laughs> also one way or another. <laughs> and yeah, so it's one way or another. But I'm just saying, like turn yeah. the tide is kind of in a way the most egregious one. I mean, I quite like. Obviously, I love Turn the Tide. Justice is one of my favorite um, aspects, and I, I do, I do like this. I do like the way Justice has these conditions on their things, so they can make cards that are more efficient, but have this additional condition, right? So, uh, like a lot of the aggression cards, you know, have to go through minions, but they're super efficient, you know, just as as these ways of kind of balancing and letting the different things do anything. So that that was that was Ironheart. I don't know if anybody had any other hero-specific points related to Ironheart. We didn't have a chance to touch on. Nothing specific, but I would imagine these top performing decks are the ones specifically constructed to get to version three as fast as possible because version three yeah. is insanely strong. And once you're there, you're never that far from winning. So building a deck to go through all of your cards as fast as possible um, to hit these flyovers, these photon beams to generate all these progress counters is probably how you set yourself up for the top three. Right. And interestingly, I think with Ironheart, you know, she's going to, you know, prove to be a hero that in rounds that are a little slower and a little longer will be, you know, increasingly powerful, kind of like Iron Man is, right? You just, you have to kind of weather that early storm, but then you can really just take over. And, and when she's on her, her Mark three or version three, um, yeah, she is just excessively powerful. So it, it will be neat to see in some longer scenarios that have multiple heroes, kind of how she compares to the others. Because here, it's this one was fast enough that you kind of didn't get to see that strength to the same degree, I think. Yeah, that's possible. You might be decently far the way, far through the scenario, even when you hit version 3, because of how few hit points Claw has in standard. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or, I mean, you get there and then you can burst them down pretty quickly, but you still have kind of your typical buildup, um, kind of like Iron Man a little bit, right? Yeah. All right, uh, and, and Nova was our, our next hero in terms of performance and we had number one was uh merlin now we have two merlins in the league so there's merlin 5226 who is part of the phoenix force um alliance and is also a person who's been releasing some uh solo champions league specific content on tiktok some really great kind of uh strategy overviews of you know how what are what are some useful cards and different aspects and things like that um clever turtle number two um Again, this is we're talking about Nova, and this was kind of a mostly the good cards type of deck with clear the area, turn the tide, main scheme protection, a bunch of good basic allies. So kind of just a very standard, effective justice shell. And then uh, Wasteland Sniper in third, you know, just focusing on lots of card draw. And you know, one of the few places I saw Resourceful get used. So they had three copies of Resourceful, which is um, a one-cost card that you discard to generate a wild resource. And as we already heard Gondo talking about, um, wild resources are amazing for for Nova. And sometimes kind of banking things for future turns can also be really useful. I don't know, have you ever played around with Resourceful within Nova, Gondo? Um, not personally, no. Um, I, It's essentially a double resource for later, but I find that to not be too necessary most of the time. If anything, I usually have too many resources when I'm playing Nova, and maybe that's mm -hmm. a fault of my own deck construction. But I usually feel like I end up with too many resources rather than not enough, because the helmet is a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I don't know, Greg. Have you have you played around with Nova at all? When it, when he first came out, I, pl- I played him once or twice. But of that sort of uh, Spider, uh, you know, pre pre X Men drops, he's probably the one I've played the least. Um, I, I really love Spider Ham and and Spider and Ghost Spider and Miles, and so I've been playing a lot of them. But yeah, I need to I need to really kick the tires more on Nova. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've also only kind of played him a very small handful of times. Resourceful is an interesting card because I think it is you know generally. Um, kind of underpowered for its cost. And, you know, you can imagine maybe they could have slotted it in with all the enhanced and, but instead of having the three charge counters, it only had two charge counters, right? So it was, it would cost two and you get two charge counters. So you're kind of overpaying by one resource, but you have access to wild as a result. That might've been, because it's it's hard to figure out how to make this card slightly more effective for the cost or slightly cheaper and not be overpowered. And so that might be kind of the way to do it is bump it up a little bit in both what it provides and what it costs. Yeah, I feel like it's a little bit tough to get it on the board, which is where it could pay off. I, there are other wild resourced cards that are naturally wild resources that I find are more reliable, like maybe the power of cards mm-hmm. or some other cards that you might use to something else because... This is when you're not hitting Nova's kickers, it's just two for one resource. But the power of could be a double for Nick Fury, a double for Pivotal Moment. If you're, we're talking power of justice, um, it, those have alternate uses rather than just being feeding Nova's event. That's the way I see it anyway. Very fair. Very fair. Captain Marvel, that was, that was my, uh, my crew. We had uh, Jarrett, who is. Um, you know, been somebody who's been pretty active on the in the discussions and really doing quite well and you know discussing deck builds and strategy and stuff a lot. So I'm really appreciating their their kind of presence in the league and they they played kind of a just the good cards type of thing at a light shield shell, but uh, no actual homeland intervention, but still global logistics, seven basic allies. So you know, again, kind of a lot of mostly standard stuff. And then uh, Doctor Dubios. Uh, who I my French leaning side was always pronouncing Doctor Dubois, but I see the vowels are in the reverse order and it got corrected. Um, I actually played Jarrett's deck, but added one one way or another as to our, our earlier discussion, and then I managed to to get third um, with <laughs> with uh, kind of a deck I was already discussing, which is kind of a mostly the good cards type deck. I think not a lot of surprises in Captain Marvel, right? Captain Marvel is is a bit of one of those inevitable heroes where it's pretty easy to be successful with her. Yeah, you might just balance toward energy resource cards to help fuel the energy channels or drawing cards or healing. Um, So that might make impacts a little bit, but otherwise just the good cards just makes an already good hero even better. Well, and she, I mean, she's one of those ones where even in a shorter round, you do sometimes consider putting in something like a Quinn carrier or something that's a little bit more expensive to actually pay off because the value of having kind of the guaranteed resource of the type that you want for a lot of the Captain Marvel stuff is quite valuable. So you, you know, she, she's such, she's so amazing at both her economy and her card cycling and card draw that um, it, it actually can feel worthwhile getting a Quinn carrier that maybe only ever returns, you know, three resources total. Yeah, that's definitely a good point. She has a three resource. She has two three resource resource cards. So yeah, those built those uh building cards aren't nearly as challenging to get out as they are on some other heroes. Well, and sometimes you just get a mitt full of her. Some of her hero kits not actually that impactful. 
right? Her her thwarting card and her one that gives her flight if you're not actually focusing on that or don't need the damage prevention. So um, you do sometimes get those those hands where you're just like, well, I guess I'm going to invest in this thing that will pay off in the future. Yeah. Iron Man, Team Iron Man. So we, we already heard quite a bit from Greg and um, we'll start in reverse order because let's celebrate Greg yet again. Greg, you got third <laughs> in, in this... The only time I, I, I can I can probably boast this in the near future. Um, yeah, I mean, we already talked about my deck. I, I honestly compared mine to Matthew Noodles, who who was one, and I think again he he probably had optimized a similar build, but um, but leaned into Sonic Rifle, which is I think the right the right call given how I missed that one piece. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's it's basically get your deck up, you know, draw as much as you can in those first couple rounds. You know, mulligan hard for. The armor and uh and then try to yeah limit your limit your flip downs but you have some tools to, to protect you in case you do exactly well and then so we, we had second we had the other merlin merlin 7267 so the non the non-tiktok at least in this context merlin and so this merlin went had two plasma so this is where we saw some plasma pistols with iron man so two plasma pistols and uh two against the world to to kind of ha- have the energy resource to fuel some of the stuff that iron man wants to do uh this was just uh, eight justice cards, and um, we'll, we'll revisit that in a moment. And then, as you said, Matthew Noodles got got the top, um, and was really just kind of all in on either staying an alter ego or doing a flip, flip back, and then flip back again, kind of kind of strategy. And so that's where the Sonic Rifle comes in. So the Sonic Rifle is the one that gives three costs. It gives uh, access to Confuse twice, but it is a hero action, so you can't do it from the alter ego side and just kind of stay from there. That's where something like Professor X, who is honestly kind of one of the more generally impactful cards that we've seen from the mutant stuff, um, can really help folks who are trying to stay in alter ego, stay there one more round to get that confused down against against Claw. The Ms. Marvel. Uh, so this was the, as we mentioned, kind of the last the last place hero, uh, Rekatol, who's pretty pretty common name in in these top threes that we see, got um, kind of top spot with Ms. Marvel, and it was just mostly a best justice cards, best allies type deck, which works really well with Ms. Marvel, and you can turn the tide, pull it back into your hand, and turn the tide again. Um, so that's a pretty spectacular way to be able to get six damage, and then uh, a couple other four. Folks that um, are in flight two, we have Salas and Maka. I wasn't able to get their deck, so I'm not too sure, but I'm I strongly suspect they had a kind of a similar overall idea. So any anything from any of those heroes that we didn't have a chance to touch on? No, but one thing I'm kind of notice notice it's missing from this is a newer Justice Ally blindfold. I don't know if that's yeah. accessed or what, but I think in a scenario such as Claw, with these heroes who want to go down the alter ego, the knowledge of whether or not you'll actually pass the main scheme i think could be pretty valuable and actually make helping you make that decision but maybe it's not enough tempo to actually justify it but it's just one thing i'm noticing missing from all these that i thought could be pretty useful yeah well so i mean that's a neat one because we do see that in a few places you know global logistics does a somewhat similar thing global logistics of course is a zero cost card even though it has some conditionality on it and so being able to do that and then make some decisions based on it the thing is that that tempo hit i think from blindfold is you know the three cost ally is pretty pretty extreme and when you're busy trying to build your iron man deck i don't know greg like would you look at blindfold and think that this is something that you want to do as part of doing that uh, how much a blankfold cost? I don't have the card in front of me. Three, but, uh, three, three. Okay, okay. So yeah, I, I, it de- I definitely could see it. Yeah, helping, helping a lot. I, I figured if it was four, it's probably too pricey, but three's kind of right there. So uh, yeah, no, that's a great idea. 
I guess maybe that's mostly toward Miss Marvel because she actively wants to flip throughout the right. game, whereas a lot of these other these other ones um, might not want to flip back to Alter Ego as much, except maybe Ironheart before she's maybe stage two. If you can't get it up, get it upgraded that fast, the others will probably just be okay to stay in hero mode. But maybe that's something Miss Marvel would really really like in this scenario. Yeah, and and there's a I mean there's a certain degree to which um, kind of some of these I won't you know I won't say blindfold is a fringe card, but you know kind of as as these cards become part of people's sense of these are cards in the meta you know this is a card that you look at considering basically every time you build a deck you know i think professor x is kind of getting close to that point where people are like oh yeah professor x is somebody i should pretty much always consider if i'm going to include him in my deck or not i think blindfold is definitely not there yet no professor x wasn't a web warrior so i didn't consider him Okay, so I have I have some awards and I'll invite you know I'll invite you both to chime in if you have anything additional to add to any of the ones I had. Um, so my my deck building awards, uh, the Rocket Raccoon Tinkering Award for the most clever tech. For me, this was I actually really liked from the Rick. This kind of Monica Chang um, and one surveillance. This was something I kind of had never considered including in a deck that wasn't focusing on shield. But like I said, the you know the the value of it is actually not bad at all. And in, in decks that are actually hungry for mental resources it's pretty clever i don't know any any other interesting tech choices that the two of you saw i'd be biased by my own deck but i i do think no i, I think this is good um i also do like the use of resourceful even just just to even see it in a top performing deck is pretty yep pretty cool even if i might not personally make the choice maybe there's something i'm missing and it, it makes me think well, so so Gondo, with your self nomination, was there any aspect of the Web Warriors that you thought was especially clever on your part? I I really did like um, the Otto Octavius readying yeah. the Nova helmet. I I thought that was really cool. Once I actually went to go build the deck, and I got this uh, worm in my mind saying I needed to build the Web Warriors deck, I was like, wait, I can actually ready my helmet even more. That's awesome. Well, Otto is a intre- really interesting one because he's he's only got two health. He readies an upgrade and then if it's a tech upgrade you get to draw a card right so he's he's two effective resources if you're able to do that plus you get the ready which is like you you pointed out is another resource and then but he has two consequential damage on his attack he has a two attack right i think um and and one and one one thwart and one consequential there but so you typically aren't going to want to attack with him because you kind of want to have him kick around as a as a chump blocker later and so he's kind of a weird awkward ally to use but he you know he's he's definitely impactful but he's also weird and awkward yeah sometimes it's just nice to ready the ready the helmet get two damage in draw a card off a web of life and destiny and move on with your life because you basically got two damage for free um you got you got the one resource back and then you got another card fully agreed greg any any observations on other clever tech that you noticed well, outside of just you know remembering that that uh, Iron Man's hand size uh, does increase when uh, <laughs> when a not armor <laughs> tech upgrade is played, that's something we should all remember every time we play. Uh, yeah, lots of lots of self nominations in this award category. I love it. Um, so the the Astrodar Pre Memorial Award for fewest aspect cards in an aspect deck uh, of the top performing ones we saw was was Merlin seven two six seven with. Eight justice cards, as I alluded to, and that was Quake under surveillance, three counterintelligences, and three for justices. So actually, instead of kind of the clear the area, actually went with for justice as well, which is something we're kind of seeing not quite as often as we we used to. Obviously, with a lot more threat. 
um, dealing cards coming out. Yeah, I also think generally in Solar Champions League, you don't want to let four threat build up on the main scheme, so you don't often get the the whole power of for justice. You're you have one or two, you clear it with clear the area and move on. Um, yeah. You don't want to leave two threat on and then get another one once the villain phase starts and then open yourself up to a scheme. That's usually a recipe for bad news in the Solo Champions League, at least, because these thresholds are so small. Fully agreed. I think For Justice definitely has has a place in somewhere where you're going to expect a lot of three and four threat side schemes. Um, and any hero who's not otherwise able to kind of really couple clear the area with something else to to deal with those very well. I mean, it's it's still a pretty efficient card. It's just like you say, um, you probably don't generally want to find yourself in the situation where you need the efficiency of that card. Right. Yeah, because then you're accepting a lot of risk. Usually with side schemes, at least I find in Justice and Solo Champions League, it's you have your hero for side schemes anyway. You have your hero for you have a clear the area, then you then you draw your cards, or you have a multitasking to take off the side scheme and the main scheme. Um, I usually go with those sort of ideas rather than doing four or three with justice. Yeah, I hear you. And then our, our Pietro Maximov Irony Award for the slowest top performing deck. Greg, you just got edged out by oh! Salas with uh, with Ms. Marvel, who had a 9.3 round average uh, with their with their Ms. Marvel deck. Uh, I, this is the award I'm going to go for every every round. This is, this is the <laughs> Uh, I, you know, Greg, the way you were talking um, that, you know, I, for the past couple seasons have actually been quite intentionally playing fairly conservative slow decks. And so I'm usually impressed when people manage to beat me. I didn't, I didn't do that this round, but just kind of, so, you know, maybe that can be your new role, Greg. You can really be impressed when people manage to beat you in terms of slowness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and I, I, I think the rule, you, you know, the formula has always been tweaked a little bit. And I think at some point slowness was more damaging than it is right now, maybe. And yep. so, um, so I'm, I'm taking advantage of this, uh, you know, may, maybe temporary, maybe permanent, uh, <laughs> you know, downgrading of, of, of round, um, the round is as, as much impact on your score as things like, uh, you know, hero score, win rate, and that kind of stuff. The if only Quicksilver actually played this fast deck was uh, from Merlin five two two six, and that was a a Nova deck, and that was a three point three round average. So that was way faster than kind of any yeah. anybody else really. Yeah, that's blazing fast. He doesn't have a ton of help. And also to keep it clean is very impressive. Right, because right. I'm, I'm sure like Captain Marvel or someone could just get a nice chunky energy channel, maybe even two in like one or two turns and have like a two or three turn game. But that doesn't leave a lot of resources for much else, even for someone as rich as Captain Marvel. But yeah, you'd probably be not clean, whereas this is some clean results. Yeah, yeah, obscenely fast. Right. You, you can definitely uh, I, I don't play Nova a ton to know if, if that's, you know, as burstable as Captain Marvel is. But I, I would almost expected the Captain like the best Captain Marvel decks to be this fast. But um, I, I'm not quite sure. Uh, I'll scroll back up and, and take a look. Well, so we, we, we saw, you know, Logan with Ironheart had a 4.7 turn average. That was the top performer with Ironheart. And then Nova was 3.3 with Merlin here. The other two, you know, had 7 and 6.3. Um, Jarrett had 4.3. Um, with Captain Marvel, um, and then Matthew Noodles had you know, six with Iron Man, right? So Iron Man's obviously not a very fast hero. So we definitely saw some fast ones, but 3.3 was, you know, more than a full turn faster than anybody else. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
And then the Plan B award for most surprisingly effective tech. I think this overlaps kind of strongly with some of the Rocket Raccoon award anyway, but the kind of Rakatol's, um inclusion of Plasma Pistol in Ms. Marvel was a surprise to me. You know, I followed up with them because I was, I was interested in that choice. But, you know, it does make some sense because Ms. Marvel just does not deal with things with toughness that well. So that that's something that can really help deal with those stupid armored guards because as we know there's just a ton of them and it seems like every single turn one showed up in front of you yeah i think that's a really good call on miss marvel it never would have occurred to me to do that absolutely not no i would not have done that (laughs) those guards just keep coming out it is that that thing if you can go fast and avoid just the guards from you know keep keep getting drawn uh you know there's definitely that but most people can't go that fast so yeah dealing with toughs is is really huge this round Right. And then finally, the New Mutant Award for the top score in the training grounds. So this was the person who scored the top overall in the training grounds. And I am not sure if this is G.E. Schaefer or Schaefer or how, how you might pronounce this, but they um, had a had a really great score, you know, 6.7 average turns. And um, they they had also played a Captain Marvel deck and, and done quite well. So uh, anything else that people wanted to highlight in terms of some of the decks that we saw that, that we didn't get a chance to talk about? Yeah, you, we, I think we covered it. I think so. Okay, well, thank you to both of you. We have we are in the middle of our, our uh, round two, which just got extended by a week. And this is Ghost Spider versus the Sinister Syndicate. And then this is actually going to be, I think, a regular, the round after that will be a regular length round, So, but this one will be, so the first, this one will be three three weeks. So uh, I want to thank both of you. So thanks to Greg. Thanks, uh, uh, Wonderful to be with you guys again. I'm a longtime listener. <laughs> and sixth time caller or something like that. <laughs> sixth time host, whatever it is, yeah. Uh, and, and to Gondo. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm just disappointed I don't have a, New episode of Road to Nowhere to Listen to Myself. Well, I hear that some co-hosts go and listen to the episode after. Oh, I can't stand the sound of my own voice. I will never. (laughs) I would lose my mind. I have listened to it, but but only because I can't believe I still talk as fast as I do. And then I listen to it on 1.5 speed and I sound like either Alvin or Theodore. I'm not quite sure which chipmunk I am. Okay, so I am not outsourcing the audio editing to you, Gondo. Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Well, thanks again to to both of you and thanks to everybody for listening uh, and for joining us on the road to nowhere.